Hello and welcome to the EcoSend podcast, a weekly podcast on becoming a climate conscious business. Every week, we'll be interviewing founders, marketers, and leaders who are championing the climate. The podcast is hosted by myself, James Gill, co-founder and CEO of GoSquared and the makers of EcoSend. If you run a business or are responsible for growing one, and you want to have a positive impact on the environment, then listen on. Every episode, our goal is for you to learn something and be inspired to take some action. Every single one of us making small changes and some large changes will add up. We're all in this together. So let's get on with the show. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's meet today's guest. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the EcoSend podcast. The EcoSend podcast is a weekly show where I'm speaking to people in and around the world of digital sustainability, sustainability, climate, basically making the world a little bit better in whatever they do. And I am always so excited to meet every single guest we have on the show. We always talk about, uh, for about 30 each each episode, and I hope every time that people come away both inspired, educated, and a little bit entertained, if at all possible. I'm really pleased this week to be joined by Richard Dixon uh, from Play It Green, who is the co-founder of the award-winning sustainability company. Uh, Richard has a background in psychology and philosophy, and he's a proponent of conscious capitalism and better business. Richard's also, and whether or not this makes you like him more or less, he's also a lifelong Manchester City fan and a fitness enthusiast, but we'll forgive him for that. But I'm so excited to have Richard join us today. Uh, Richard could not be a better guest to have on the show. Uh, I'm so excited to dig into some of the topics you've suggested, Richard. So hi, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Hi, James. Really good to be here. I've been really excited for this. Yeah, great to have you, Richard. So I, I gave a little short intro there, but Richard, maybe in your own words, what, what are you up to at the moment? What do you do? So I, two and a half years ago, founded Play It Green, which is a conscious capitalist model business to help people and businesses reduce their footprint and have an ongoing environmental and social impact whilst they're on that journey of sustainability. Awesome. And for those wondering, we, we signed up to Play It Green a few months ago, earlier in the year. It's been yeah. really great so far to be on that journey with you, Richard. So thank you for bringing so many great businesses, brands together to all put, put the planet and the, and the world a little bit higher up the agenda. It's always awesome to see others doing that. Hugely excited to talk to you more about it. So I guess... Richard, did you wake up and just start this and think that's what you're going to do? Or was there a journey towards that? How did you get here? <laughs> so it probably started when I got moved schools at six because I asked too many questions. <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> at six, that's pretty early. <laughs> yeah, my, my parents went to a parents evening and were told I was a disruptive influence because I asked too many questions. And I'd always been brought up to ask why, but that became like my mantra and... So I ended up studying psychology and philosophy because I wanted to know why we do things, why we're here, what's our place in the universe, all those questions. And I, I was really excited by evolutionary psychology, sort of what's led us to where we are at this point. And obviously things have changed rapidly, probably more so in the last 50 years than ever before in the way society works and, and the way people interact. It's changed. And, and it was that questioning and the looking for reasons why we do stuff that, that's led me to, to this point. 
it was my thesis in philosophy that got me into conscious capitalism. So I was looking at the root of evil. And, <laughs> I and see. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I had read this amazing story about when the French were in Canada and partitioning Canada. And they'd spoken to the indigenous people who couldn't understand how the French were calling themselves sort of evolved and enlightened when they allowed money and property to give them power over other people, power over other people. Mm. And the indigenous people said, our chief is our chief because it suits the tribe. It's not because the chief has power. And I started looking at capitalism and thinking, it's a bit like the survival of the fittest, where you have an apex predator. Mm. And I could see part of, I recently discovered I was neurodiverse and part of the one of the things I see is patterns, and I could see these patterns in similarities between um, evolution, the survival of the fittest, and capitalism, where one person would amass all the wealth and all the property mm-hmm. and suddenly have dominion over everyone, right. um, because yeah. that's how it works. And you see it's happening now with the sort of oligarchs and people like uh, Bill Gates, mm-hmm. who have huge amounts of power over other people just because of finance. Um, and don't get me wrong, I believe in reward for doing well but i think that there needs to be checks and balances that made me feel uncomfortable um throughout my career i, I was told it was a fairy tale when i finished university i, I got a good mark for the um, the thesis but i was told it was a fairy tale and it wouldn't work um strangely i recently met the head of thought leadership at nielsen and she uh, said it's actually the playbook now uh, which is quite cool anyway i I tried loads of things for fulfilment and nothing worked. And then about seven years ago, and this is where it really all started, I got offered a job for -for not-for-profit, hunting trees in Tanzania and educating in agroforestry. And they basically take communities that were reliant on foreign aid um, and educate them in agroforestry and provide them with the tools and the infrastructure. And they did everything themselves. So it it was empowering. I helped them scale. Then when they got investment, I left. And... During that three-year period, I met some incredible people, Mm. talked about sustainability and had spent their whole lives in the field. And they all said the same thing. There was a pattern, again, (laughs) to to the solutions. And it wasn't, well, whilst trees and reforestation and repairing the damaged ecosystem is part of it, actually it was behaviour change that was needed. It was a consciousness shift to different behaviour patterns. So... um, that's what I spent 20 years in retail doing, training and developing teams and people and creating behavior change. And it works on a bottom-up and top-down approach. Mm-hmm. Your bottom-up is working on individuals, your top-down is working on the community and creating alignment with values and goals sure. so that all of a sudden you have collaboration within the community and then other communities see that community and, mm-hmm. and they follow suit. I could see that there was a, a way to put that together with trees and conscious capitalism using business as a force for good to create a business and that's really where play it green came from i see wow so and i mean it's really interesting hearing it all connect up there and you you seeing those patterns over over the year the not-for-profit as well you sort of skipped over there you helped them scale quite a bit right like i think you mentioned what was it the, the number of trees you were helping them plant and the scale at which they were doing that was the numbers sounded unbelievable. <laughs> well, yeah, it was it was good growth. They planted about sixty five thousand trees a year before I joined. Yeah, um, well, we planted in the three years about one and a half million. Wow, um, with a massive scale towards the end. 
Um, so yeah, it was, and, and they've gone on to do great things in lots of different countries. Yeah. But for me, reforestation is no longer the answer. Sure. It's got sure. to be part of that entire salute heavy change. Absolutely. And that, sorry, that boils down to education. Sure. Uh, that's what's lacking in sustainability. Sure. I, yeah. So I guess a whole there's a whole topic around behavior change that the uh, you know it's like it's easy to say but like actually you know there's a million books out there about how to change one's habits change be a better xyz how do you go about changing behavior and what does that look like in practice like for individuals especially so we take it from our business's point of view and what we wanted to achieve, which was to help people and businesses reduce their footprint, create community that, that wanted to do the same, yeah. to collaborate. It has to be simple. <laughs> you do a SWOT analysis on the sustainability industry and a number of things come up all the time. It's really complicated. Yeah. It's going to take too long. There's too much money. There's fear of failure and making mistakes. Sure. There's fear of being accused of green. So what you have to do is break it down, make it simple. Mm -hmm. Look at how learning happens in tiny bite-sized chunks. Yeah. I always go back to, I started mixed martial arts at 40. Oh, and I wow. remember well, that's something I didn't know about you, Richard. <laughs> so I remember the, fir <laughs> <laughs> the first three months, I was constantly saying, I can't do it. And I'd say to the coach, I can't, and I'd be throwing up, and it, it was just a nightmare. And I almost quit on a number of occasions, but it took me actually six years to put my foot in the gym for the first time after I made a decision I wanted to do it. However, I didn't have a fight or do any heavy sparring for another three years because I knew I wouldn't be able to. And what I did was learn tiny bits each time mm -hmm. that I would take home and practice. And I had a friend that trained with me and then got friends. And, and that became a community that were all individuals learning tiny bits okay. and getting better. That, you can see there's a lot of sport involved here. Originally Play at Green was to go into sports, create oh. positive match days yeah. and drip feed the tips and the education through the club social media reach but covid ended that. um and we became an individual and business support business although we've gone back into sport now and so we created something that was simple aspiring something that an individual could do but also could be done by the community that individuals in the various communities whether it's home or work mm -hmm. and we call it the three-step solution to climate change it sounds really simple just three steps. but what it is is it becomes a way of life it becomes an aspirational journey and it shifts the dopamine that you get from consumerism to conscious consumerism. And we do that through drip feeding education. Okay. Um, so our three, I should go back, the three-step solution is very simple. It's step one is reduce um, and we reduce footprints with tips, education, signposting. A good example, obviously, Play It Green partnered with EcoSense because you help people reduce the footprint, and that's what we do. That's part of what we do. Sure. Um, we produce a weekly tip every Friday that goes out in a newsletter to all our business members, and it, the content's simple. It's easy to understand. Yeah. It breaks things yeah. down. There's no long words. We provide solutions as well. We do it all completely transparently. When we promote a business, we don't take money off them. We don't do it for any gain. It's just to to help step two is repair so while you're on the journey to reducing your footprint you repair the planet and, and you can rebalance your footprint by re through reforestation mm -hmm. done in a scientific way using our advisors to mm -hmm. plant the correct trees in the correct places yeah. um, yeah, that's we a also, whole area of 
you know, Correct. total confusion and complexity, isn't it? That's so again, part of my learning with the previous business was there was a lack of transparency with tree planters. There was a lack of checks and balances and making sure things are done correctly. We did our research for a year before we chose a tree planter to, to work with. Sure. We actually provide the receipts for every tree we plant. Yeah. We provide our accounts. So part of conscious capitalism is transparency. Right. And then step three is we give. So 10% of our turnover goes to charities. Um, we launched with three, uh, mine, WWF and Shelter. We've now got 35 with wow. another three to go live. And they're all member chosen, yeah. the, the ones over and above the first three. And that three-step solution becomes embedded into business. Sure. We also provide all the tools, net zero frameworks, templates. Very simple in a members platform that self-serve. And the idea is it's so simple, so cheap, that a business doesn't have a buying decision. Mm. It creates engagement in something that everyone wants to know about, has anxiety and fear. And what we've seen, the simplicity is easy to take up, but it also means that the engagement is high. And yeah. what happens is we work on evolutionary psychology. As a species, going back to the psychology, we are programmed to produce dopamine when things are good for us, mm. when they answer questions that cause us anxiety and things like that. Very simply break down, you eat a berry that tastes nice and, and makes you feel good, it gives you dopamine. <laughs> that dopamine then makes you want to tell other people about it. Sure. You get dopamine from them getting dopamine. So this is the collaborative approach. So what we do is we provide tips that make someone go, I didn't know that. Mm. And that's answered a question. And then there's a product that maybe shampoo bar, for example, rather than using a shampoo bottle, mm. they'll use that and they get another hit of dopamine when they use the product because yeah. they're playing their part. They then want to tell other people. Uh, and, and that works from bottom up in businesses. It creates culture change. It makes the staff less anxious. It makes them more loyal to the company. And we've seen this over two years with feedback from the members that have joined us. But it's the simplicity that's critical. Absolutely. It's actually really handy hearing it broken down. The, yeah, the simplicity, trying to tackle this in a in any other way would be impossible, wouldn't it? And there's there's already so much, as you were saying, that there's already so much complexity. I think a lot of people, you know, speaking from experience here, like going on a journey to being a, a more climate conscious business, it's like there's it's so hard to know where to turn and I think there is so much fear of doing the wrong thing that sometimes the easiest route is to just not do anything and st stop in your tracks and and you know no one wants to be called out for saying or doing the wrong thing so I think giving people a more accessible path to learn and, and educate themselves is is greatly greatly needed so it, it's yeah really really cool to to hear and also using so that that dopamine sort of mechanic in a positive way because i feel like so often you hear about dopamine in the context of facebook optimizing the way the like button interacts with you so you spend more time endlessly scrolling social media and things like that and or at least in my world that's what i, I often hear dopamine referring to but mm. in, in this it's dopamine being used to make people feel good about doing good things and so yeah <laughs> that's pretty pretty cool I, I i guess you touched on it a little bit there but a whole aspect of what you're doing then is changing business and changing the culture within both businesses at their level but business in general and i guess that starts with the individual but how do you even 
think about that. How do you even know if you're impacting the culture of business in a positive way, Richard? So it's interesting. We don't measure, as in we don't speak to the companies and say, how many of your staff are opening the email? We have that data yeah. using, using the, the software we use. There's, there's two ways. We see a number of our partners starting to promote what they do with us more and more, for example, on their recruitment page. Now, if their staff, if they're spending this money and their staff weren't aging, this is not something companies would sing and dance about and pull out so much in the public sure. domain. Yeah. The other way, we don't work just on bottom up, but that's the culture change and the education and creating a space where the team are empowered to come up with the solutions themselves. But what we also do is with top down is we provide tools like footprint reporting and plans, sustainability web pages, policies, all the stuff that the, the sort of company owners and people running the business need, we provide those tools and the signposting to those services. Sure. And what you then see is the company goes on a journey. A good example, we recently started working with a company called MC Construction, okay. um, who had just got a new um, tender through. And Chris just happened to meet their CEO who, and Chris said what he did. And the guy said, oh, we just had a new tender through. He said, it's like, 20% of the tenders now social and environmental impact. Wow. So he said, the stuff in there we haven't got a clue about. <laughs> right. So Chris very ex briefly explained it and then said, it starts with education, but you also have to have measurement. And I think two and a bit months later, they had the climate positive workforce. They'd done a footprint report for the last two years. They had a net zero framework and a plan to be net zero by 2030. Um, we'd signposted to loads of services and they are now relevant and in the tender process and, and likely to to do very well because they're going above the legislative bits and they're doing more they're educating their staff they're actively having a social impact through us as well and um, they're reforesting the planet these are all things that will make you stand out well what i love about that is that you know off there is a fear of starting and there is a fear of ah I, this is going to be distracting like we've got we've got customers to win we've got you know, profit to make. But actually, when you start hearing some of these journeys from businesses that have transformed and put the climate higher on their agenda, it's, it's not, I mean, I'm yet to see a story where someone has put the climate higher on the agenda and done worse financially as a result of it. Yeah. And it's a win win for, yeah, as you say, recruitment, for probably attention of staff, for winning mm -hmm. more bids in terms of the sales process. And it's Investments, a win for huge. the planet. <laughs> so, so green investors are all looking at green businesses. They're looking at businesses with strong sustainability yeah. strategies. Yeah. We've actually just received the latest data that Deloitte did. So they've just done, I think it was 15,000 Gen Zs and millennials they interviewed. Okay. And found that one in five of them wouldn't even apply to work for a company that huh. didn't have a strong sustainability strategy. So all of a sudden you're... You're losing a fifth of the workforce. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and again, as you say, the staff retention, um, staff loyalty, it, it's all all there. The, the firm I was talking about, Danes Accountants, that uses on their recruitment page, their team, without any prompting from the senior management, started having a poll on our weekly tip products. Mm. So they'd all buy one or the other of the products that we promoted, and then they'd share their views. Oh, really? Creating um, amazing culture change. Yeah. But, but just going back to the difficulty, the, the, this is a common thread. Again, something that you see the pattern of. The fear of starting. Now, 
I go back to my experience with mixed martial arts. It took me six years to put my foot in the gym because of all those fears of the unknown and fears of failure and, you know, exactly the same with sustainability. Businesses are worried about making mistakes. The research shows actually, if you are transparent, and again, this is conscious capitalism, be transparent and open and honest about your journey and you make a mistake Mm. and then you learn from it and you tell people, look, we made this mistake. This was why we did it. We had the best intentions, but it didn't work and we've learned from it. And next time, this is how we'll do it. You will get stronger brand awareness, stronger loyalty, and you'll grow your consumer base because that's what people want. Yeah, it absolutely. It breeds that trust, doesn't it? That no one expects a brand to be perfect. And, you know, you see so many brands get it wrong where they make a mistake and just don't want to admit that they're wrong or that they got it. They made a mistake. And that's certainly been our approach with, with, with the journey we've been on with EcoSend of, you know, when I rewind over a year ago, we really didn't know anything. And I would not proclaim to know it all. Like, (laughs) no one knows it all. But each step, like even just doing this podcast, it's like being about learning from others and trying to seek out the wisdom and insights and lessons that other people have learned so that we can try and hopefully learn but you know we we have got things wrong over over the year or so we've been doing ecosand but each time it's like god if we had waited till we learned all of this well we would never have learned at all and yeah. uh, we would never have started and then overall the net result would be a net negative for everyone so it's like you know every time we yeah it's just definitely whenever i'm talking to other people it's like just try to put one foot in front of the other and correct as you go. If you look at the, the mountain peak when you're at the bottom of the mountain, it seems impossible. <laughs> yeah. But if you just look at the next footstep, yeah. that's really easy. Yeah. And, and again, that's our approach to sustainability. That's why we put a weekly tip out, one yeah. after the other. Going back to... Oh, no, it's gone. I apologise. No, no, don't, don't worry. It might, it might come back, <laughs> Richard. In terms of... I know we always like to talk a bit about what the future holds. And... <laughs> I know I always find it quite difficult talking about the future, knowing what time horizon to look at. And I never feel like I'm very good at predicting the future um, other than what uh, the next iPhone might look like. But um, other than that, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on, on the of conscious capitalism and, and of business and, and where we might be going? Are you optimistic, pessimistic, somewhere in between? <laughs> I, do you know, we're in times of great change. Yeah. That's without a doubt. I think... Gen Z and millennials are bringing that about being the first ever fully digital generation who have access to knowledge at their fingertips. I mean, if I wanted to know who the director of a company was, I had to go up to the library yeah. and get the bus and go to the library as a kid. You don't, you can find everything else, everything out now. Yeah. This is why appearance is no longer quite as important as what you actually do as a person or a business. I think gone are the days, from the 20s to the 90s, marketing was about spreading falsehoods almost and telling people this is going to make you feel better and be a better person. And, you know, it's more about impact, legacy, honesty, transparency. The problem we face is society is more divided than ever before. Change is never good when it's not done collaboratively. 
there's always a winner and a loser, which is not what you want. We want to all win. And there is always a way for that to happen. But that's through collaboration. However, the problems we face, the political system is hundreds of years old. Uh, it doesn't work. We vote once every four years in the UK and politicians aren't held accountable to not following through on the promises. The banking and financial system is hundreds of years old. We're living in a modern, <laughs> super advanced technological era, but using hundreds of year old yeah. <laughs> systems. Yeah. The biggest issue, though, is education, because we are using an education system that was designed to create factory workers in the Industrial Revolution. It pretty much hasn't changed since then. It's just mm. evolved slightly, but it needs overhauling. All of these three systems need overhaul. That's very difficult. <laughs> yeah, get, get to it, Richard, get to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so for me... We're very lucky setting up Play It Green in a time where the change is wanted because when we speak to businesses, generally they they get what we're doing, they're aligned in the values and what we see for the future. And the collaborative approach is growing. We have nearly 200 businesses in our community and they collaborate, they communicate. We're customer driven, so the next part of development for our members platform is to build a tool so that our members can collaborate directly. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah. I heard a story once. Someone said, when you have a baby shower, people should also have a business shower. <laughs> because if you had 20 business owners, when you set your business up, all of whom chose to use your services as your business shower, then all of a sudden you've got 20 clients in their network. I love um, that. I love that. That's a great idea. <laughs> and and what we've found is because we every Tuesday we do new member articles which go out in the weekly newsletter, mm. it means that every member of staff in every business that opens the mailer sees that companies join the community. Yeah, yeah. And what we get is inbound saying, can you put us in touch? We want to use sure, their services. Sure. That is the goal for Play It Green. The goal was the world's largest community of change-making businesses. Incredible. Um, and yeah, by its very nature, it hopefully gets stronger and stronger with every every business, every baby joining. Because we have that conscious capitalist sort of ethos and really strong values, it, there's a low risk to working with us, but there's also a low risk to telling other people that you work with us. So yeah. a lot of our members are um, sending out mailers to their supply chain and to their customer base saying, look, we work with Play at Green, yeah. would you like to too? Yeah. So that, again, that collaborative positive approach works yeah. it's just against the negative narrative of the press and the media and that's why we take that positive approach. yeah it's, it's greatly needed i i know we're basically at time richard it's it's been fascinating chatting it's always lovely when we wrap up on some advice and i know i think you received some advice i didn't know if you wanted to to share that i believe it may have been something your grandma said oh yes <laughs> yeah well this this is my mantra and it has been since, again, part of my era of diversity, things stick and you become almost obsessive about them. And, and my grandma was a born and bred Lancashire lass who <laughs> was in the Land Army during the war in Scotland. And she'd say, Luke and Boo can cook and put wood in thole, which meant close the door. And she said to me when I was very young, I was about six or seven, she said, if you cast your bread on the waters, son, it comes back buttered. <laughs> and... I just live my life, treat other people well, be good, do good things for people, leave a good impression, and things will come back to you. Absolutely. 
That is uh, something I'm sure everyone can take away in their in their day hearing that. Thank you, Richard, and thank you, Richard's grandma. <laughs> That's lovely. I, I love it. <laughs> thank you, Richard. That, that was great. I guess just to just to wrap up, then hopefully there might be a few people listening that really want to go see a bit more and learn a bit more about Play at Green. So people can find you on. We'll, we'll put the links in the the notes, but on Twitter, mm-hmm. LinkedIn, and the website. The website maybe is is. What's the URL, Richard? It's playatgreen.com. Brilliant. And, uh, and I guess people definitely, Richard's a great follow on LinkedIn as well. If you if you want more more of this insight and wisdom, it's yeah, always always great to see your posts on there, Richard. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Richard. Uh, it's been an honor. Brilliant. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, thanks. And thanks everyone for listening along. If you've enjoyed the show, please do give us a, a nice comment or a rating. It really helps uh, spread the word and we, more people about all of the wonderful conversations we have on these shows and hopefully spread the message of being, putting climate a little bit higher on the agenda. So thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.